You're listening to the 503 Report with Tim Reinerson and Andrew Wellborn, where America's voice is heard. Be sure to check out our website weekly as we bring Sacramento and the world to you at www.503report.com, where America's voice is heard. November the 8th, we certainly had a wind of change blow through these United States. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from the president-elect, what he's doing, how he's going about everything, going across America, thanking Americans. All unheard of stuff. Folks, we are living in some great times right now. Winds of change, all about the fall of the wall. As the president-elect maybe wants to construct a wall across our borders. I'm all for that as well. You see how socialism throughout the world is failing everywhere, and they want to bring that here in these United States. I'm going to fight for that, against that, with every breath that I have. Did you see what's happening in Bolivia? Where money is, go- you have to pay for things by weight of, the, of the, your dollars, or whatever they call it down there in Bolivia. Socialism everywhere does not work and yet the left here in our great country want to bring that here now the winds of change november the 8th i'm liking what i'm seeing sweeping through our great country president-elect you got a mandate and i like what i'm seeing so far i like all the nominees so far we're going to give him a great chance and he is going to do great things for us here man it's proud to be an american again i am proud to be an American again. This song, you know, was written the fall of the wall in Berlin and in Germany. But very apropos right now, the winds have changed through these great United States. Man, that feels great to be an American. It is Friday. It is our favorite day of the week. And man, I feel good in here today. With me, as always, my good friend to my right, Andrew Wellborn, buddy. I love this song. Ah, just gonna listen to it here for a second. That's right. We like what we see. You know, the big boys and girls across America who do conservative talk radio, but they're going to have some problems. Negativity doesn't exist anymore in our <laughs> government. You know, to find optimism, it's going to be kind of funny to listen to the big boys on Fox News and uh, the big national radio show hosts 
actually have to talk about positive things in America without all the negative things. What? Boy, do we have a great opportunity to really, really reestablish this nation thanks to our generation. Yes, sir. Our generation stepped up at the ballot box. I'm very, very proud, not only of being American, folks, but my generation. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the Bible 3 Report. Bring in Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast on iTunes, where America's voice is heard, Tim. Andrew, you know, this song, uh, 26 years ago, written... And performed, and uh, boy, how apropos, you know, uh, you know, tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev, the president-elect Donald Trump kind of tearing down walls, and very apropos song, and I'm really excited about the things I see. Indiana, going, making a phone call personally, yeah, we're still going to lose some jobs there, but yeah, he but... saved 1,100 of them, and they are going to have a great Christmas, and America is well on its way to being great again, my friend. You know, it's just happy times. It and, is. Uh, you know, I, I come in the studio today, folks, uh, with really not a lot to really point out as far as what's <laughs> wrong and what's happening. I mean, they're just great opportunities. Of course, the left. We can talk all day long about the left like we do all the time on this program. But, you know, the left, yeah, they're, they're crying, as they should be, you know, because that leftist, Marxist, communist, socialist ideology has been rejected in America. You know, we were just talking uh, last night. I was hanging out with our good friend Leah Knight. And uh, from the Leah show, who's up in our community this weekend. And we were talking about Barack Obama, how, you know, there's a lot of things that President Barack Obama could have done, you know, to really establish his legacy. And, you know, of course, Tim, we've been favorable to him, fair to him. We we have accomplished. Absolutely. Pointing out his great, you know, his accomplishments. Now, how great they are or are not are going to be, you know, determined in history. But, you know, President Obama, you know, he let himself to be punked out in the first uh, year in office by Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. And that leftist control of uh, San Francisco got Ooh. got just, they clung into him and made him do some stuff that, I mean, obviously he was willing. But at this point in time, it doesn't look like any of that is going on with President-elect Donald Trump. It doesn't look like the Congress has got any type of... Uh, well, you know what? We talk about it all the time. We'll get in, into it more on the bottom part of the show, Tim. But, you know, the Republicans have got a great opportunity with this president-elect. You know, we don't need to concentrate on the first 100 days. We've got two years to, to formulate and implement a business plan. He's a businessman. That's what we talk about. Put the business plan before the United States Congress. Put it in front of the American people. And, uh, you know, give the United States Congress two years to implement it. We can't radically change a lot of the things that have been radically changed onto us. We have to gradually change Obamacare, for instance. We have to gradually change some of the regulations that they're talking about. We have to gradually take a look at how the infrastructure is going to work in America. We have to gradually change the tax code because, obviously, so much of America is is about, so much of our industry is around that tax code. So we can't disrupt it immediately within the first 100 days. So once again, we're going to advise the president, like we have before, Tim, you know, take the first 100 days to formulate your plan sure. and present it to the American people so that we can gradually change America back to its greatness. Well, he has 730 days, like you said, two years, because that's when the midterms come up. And if the president-elect and the Congress and uh, is doing a good job, they will continue to do so. Andrew, we talked about it last week, and you've got to be happy with the way the Democrats <laughs> are going right now. They kept the same old regime in charge. I am just shocked. Well, maybe I shouldn't be. You know, one thing we need to talk about a little bit, and then maybe maybe we've got a little time over the next year because hopefully things are going to be calm about this. Let's start talking about the political parties. And uh, 
rather than get into yeah, how they've changed, well, nothing's going on here. Well, you know, yeah, look, sure. you got two major parties in America, like we all know, and uh, you know, when it comes to Democrat versus Republican, I don't think that needs to be the fight anymore as much as ideology. You know, the word liberal, we always talk about the word liberal, Tim. We always talk about how the left, the communist socialists, you know, they propagandize these words. And, and then you got Webster's Miriam out of Massachusetts that's evolving the words. And, you know, eventually we're just going, as we say all the time, we need to stop with the evolution of words. These words don't need to evolve. Words matter in politics, you know, when it comes to this. And uh, these words and these ideologies have existed for, for centuries you know, throughout the world. But when it comes down to it, we can't allow ideologies to redefine definitive words. And so maybe we can start concentrating on that in America. You know, when it comes to the uh, political parties, as you know, buddy, it's not necessarily Democrat versus Republican. It's about the ideology that takes over those two made major parties. Well, and they're both in a uproar and in a flux right now. I mean, you, with the with the president elect, not your typical Republican by far. And of course, the Democrats, the left, they are going through huge changes right now. What are they going to be like? Is two years going to be enough time for them to get out their message to uh, maybe take control of the House and Senate? Really, you know, can't see that right now because they are in such disarray. But you're absolutely correct about the words. My I don't believe that the majority of the Democrats are socialists or national socialists or communists or Marxists. I don't I don't believe that that exists as a majority within the Democrat Party, but the individuals who are not. And believe it or not, yes, conservatism can exist within the Democrat Party. But when it comes down to it, you know, these guys are going to have to make some decisions. And, and, and to continue to reelect Nancy Pelosi is not necessarily, you know, hey, on our benefit for the Democrats is, is uh, as much for the nation, because as long as they are continuing to empower themselves around socialist ideology, and uh, the Bernie Sanderisms of of the well, he's not even the Democrat as we talk about. You know, those ideologies is is what it's going to be about. So the next two years, we got a real good opportunity to just stomp it out dead when it comes to uh, American power. Yeah, you got a right to exist in America, sure absolutely. Yeah, the Constitution gives you the right to feel that way. But as we talk about all the time, man, you know, we just cannot have that ideology in positions of great power within our government. And I think the American people, of course, they have spoken. I think they woke up. We were not really quite sure if they were going to do that, but, boy, they woke up in huge numbers. And we're talking about it in the bottom part of the show as well, California. What is going to happen in our great state? Mm -hmm. A lot to talk about. Of course, you mentioned San Francisco earlier. I really might want to get in a little bit of what's going on down there. But, man, it is a great day today here. It's a great day. You know, the weather's wonderful. And, yes, we're getting ready to head over to Quincy here after this program. Looking forward to meeting some of our listeners over there with uh, the great parade and the uh, Christmas festivus, that fest- festivities. Yeah, that, the sparkle's going to be great. Man. It's going to be wonderful, yes, hanging out with our good friend Leah Knight over there. And I tell you, folks, it is a great time. This is going to be a great Christmas across this nation. It is, Andrew. Okay, time for some stuff you should know you don't know. Maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. Today's date in history. The year is 1804. Napoleon Bonaparte is crowned the emperor of where, folks? <laughs> France, of course. One year later, 1805, Napoleon defeats the Russians and the Austrians. Maybe that was a good call for them to to actually crown him as emperor. 1812, James Madison. You guys remember him? He's no, well, you know, we should know who he is. Yes, absolutely. He's reelected the United States president. You know who was his uh, vice president? Do we know? E. Jenner, Jerry, 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 Jerry. 1816, the first savings banks opens. Where was it, folks? Philadelphia. What was it? A savings fund society. Wow. 
Heard every Friday after the news on 1240 KSUE. And it's com about a half hour after the show. You can catch us there as well. Go to iTunes, Podcast Attic, and you can download our show, The 503 Report, where America's voice is heard. Subscribe absolutely for free. Five years worth of shows there. Your text, your call is 257-8255 is the text and the phone number and out of the area at 1-866-882-1277. The winds of change. And now, it's live from the high desert in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It's the 503 Report, Northeastern California's original political talk show, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And here's your host, Tim Reinertson. Thank you very much, Stan, and welcome back, everybody. It is our favorite day of the week. It is Friday, the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And wow, I found myself a little tongue-tied on that last uh you know, know that segment of the first segment of this show as we are going into this bottom segment. Yes, you know, we're talking about optimism. Happy and proud to be an American today going into uh, next year in this great nation. Yes, uh, political ideology, I think, is something that we may start discussing as the year goes by. Not necessarily partyism, but ideologies. And, you know, it's important that we separate those when it comes to identifying political structures of power within the United States. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast on iTunes, where America's voice is heard, Tim. Absolutely. You can go to iTunes, Podcast Attic. You can download our show. Subscribe absolutely for free. It's real simple. And then you can catch our show, like I said, about a half hour after the show on SierraDennyNews.com. Rebroadcast on the weekends, the 503 Report. Keeping you informed what's going on in our great state and the nation and the world as well. You know, we, uh, ideology and taking our time, the first 100 days, you know, these are the topics that probably need to be in discussion. You know, Tim, we were talking about the first part of the show about how the big boys and girls across national media may just uh, have tough times now, you know, because a lot of these shows, you know, they talk about what's wrong with America, what's wrong with the government. And they've been absolutely correct uh, for the most part. This socialist, communist, Marxist movement that has taken over the nation within our our governments uh, across the nation in Washington, D.C., and definitely out here in California. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we need to just maybe take our time now. Take our time as, as Republicans, as we, we've emphasized on past shows. You know, don't worry about it. Donald Trump doesn't have to do anything within the first 100 days, guys. He doesn't have to do that. There's no pressure for him to do so. We've got two years as Republicans in control of the United States government to begin to, to, to gradually change back. You know, as conservatives, we don't like the radical change. We didn't like the radical change that was put upon us with the Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare, whatever we want to call it. But right now, there are some good things about that plan that, you know, we're going to have to gradually change out. We can't completely disrupt things. And so as long as we take our time over the next 100 days and uh, as the president, if he presents his his uh, what he wants to do and his agenda in the form of a business plan to America over the next 100 days, I think that is more important rather than try to focus on what he can get done within his first 100 days. And we're hearing that all over the media about what's he going to do, what's important, what's he prioritizing within his first 100 days. And I, I present to you that he doesn't have to really rush 
during this first 100 days. And I think the uh, socialist left uh, media is going to be all over that if he doesn't do anything that he has promised or said that he was. But he's already done things before he even became inaugurated. Andrew, we've got a text already, and I'd like to get that out. And, hey, thank you for the text. Especially looking forward to Attorney General uh, uh, nominee Jeff Sessions issuing criminal contempt warrants to state and local officials who are refusing to comply with federal deportation directives of illegal aliens. And he has vowed to do it. It will be especially satisfying to watch unfold in this state. Boy, we got that right down in San Francisco, especially with all of our arrogant, lawless, leftist, Democrat hmm. politicians. Couldn't have said that much better myself. Hey, read that one more time. All that arrogant, uh, well, <laughs> arrogant, <laughs> lawless, leftist, Democrat politicians. Lawless hey. is absolutely right. We stand firm. We are going to be behind the illegals who are in our country illegal. We are going to give them a $5 million fund to fight deportation. We're going to take the money from you, our citizens who have elected us into the Board of Supervisors, Mr. Campos, down there in San Francisco by name. We are going to ignore... What the president-elect, what the laws are, we are going to ignore. We are arrogant. We are lawless. We want to protect those people that are not in our country legally, not even citizens. We are going to help protect them. Thank you so very much. Oh, that guy just drives me crazy, man. How do you really feel about Supervisor Campos I, I, yeah, in San Francisco? I do not too. like Mr. Campos in San Francisco. The guy needs to go, but he just got himself 10,000 more votes down there. San Francisco, my beloved city by the bay where I grew up. Boy, I'm so glad I am out of there now because I could. I would not survive. I would be pulling my hair out. I would, everything else, Andrew, I'd be up at Board of Supervisors meetings. They'd be hauling me away. It'd be just crazy. <laughs> these are one of these rare moments, folks. You're listening and where Tim is actually kind of sparked right now. Yeah. <laughs> he got a little burr on his saddle. Yeah. We say on so I, I, did, did, I don't know if you saw him get up there and defiantly say that, and they had those people up there at the in San Francisco in, at the mayor's office down there, and, of course, all the politicians down there, and the Board of Supervisors is right along there with him. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom is going to probably be right there with him as well, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, I can go on and on. And they Kamala want to use Harris. $5 million do- and Kamala Harris. And they want to use $5 million of the taxpayers' money to help get them 10 lawyers and paralegals to fight deportation. They're not supposed to be here. Oh, my. Lawless, arrogant. Arrogant is a great word for that guy, man. How oh. dare that guy do that? Oh, my God. Man, I totally lost my train of thought on this show, man. You just took us a different direction, <laughs> Sorry, which is but, fun sometimes, yeah. man. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I couldn't help my, I had to get that out there about him. But, the, the, you know, the, uh, they're going against federal law, and they want – to fight for the people in our country illegally, and you continually vote them in down there. I don't understand how they can do that. It's beyond me. Well, look, I mean, there there is a, uh, I mean, look, easy now. I see you took okay. your glasses off. Don't I, throw something at me here. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a, uh, there is an explanation here. I mean, there we, is. we all know that right now, I mean, look, for years and years, all of the, uh, I guess they call them the dreamers, you know, the dreamers have grown up. And so, in other words, not the dreamers, but the, uh, the young children who were born in this nation out here in California uh, to illegal parents yes. now are at voting age. Yes. And they are voting in masses to protect, obviously, their mothers, their fathers, they their are. aunts and uncles. It was a point that we've made several times on the show when it came to the Republicans, how we were going to lose a vast majority of Latino vote if we didn't alter and make that understanding yes. between the differences. And so there are differences when it comes to this, whether we like it or not. But, you know, yeah, we can say what we want to say, but the reality is is that, you know, when you've got a voting base, 
case right now that's going to vote the interest of making sure that their family members stay in the nation. This, uh, that is a future thing that must be addressed. And that's a big portion of people, too, Andrew. It's huge. Yes, and, you know, we've explained that for the last five years on this show, and we've taken some criticism over that. But, you know, I don't want to say it's the, Lanz- the Lindsey Graham uh, explanation, but, you know, Lindsey Graham is the one who's explained it the best at the national level is when it comes to understanding what that represents. Those individuals, you know, we have uh, we have sons of immigrants now. That's code, folks. When whenever <laughs> whenever uh, whenever an individual ta- starts running on the fact that they are a son or daughter of immigrants, that means that their parents possibly ninety eight percent percent of the time yes. are here, here illegally. And so those individuals now are in the legislatures of California. Uh, we're looking at, you know, Alex Padilla now, Secretary of State. You're looking at Kevin DeLeon now, the uh, speaker, no, the, uh, oh, the president pro tem, pro tem of the uh, of the California State Senate. So that's the reality of California when it comes to this. And making that adjustment is something that we're going to have to make that determination. But more importantly, when you talk about the arrogance, lawlessness, and you're talking about Jeff Sessions, uh, the other individual, the texter earlier today, yeah. talking about Jeff Sessions now going in as the Jeff Sessions, right? I think. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, the senator in, from Alabama. Yes, yep. going into the attorney general. It's going to be interesting how it's going to affect the states that are going against federal law when it comes to legalizing marijuana. So that's something that hasn't been addressed at this point. The conversation in California, as far as what type of federal enforcement now is going to come into the state of California and up here in Lassen County, northeastern California, where we broadcast out of. So even though we're passing these propositions, and by the way, I want to compliment our local paper, the Lassen County Times. They did a great job this week uh, in our local publication explaining with a little Q&A session, and they did it uh, covering Plumas County. But they did a nice little explanation, and folks, I refer you to that article explaining you know, what now with the legalization, what you can and can't possibly do with the legalization of marijuana out here in the state of California. You know, just a man, if, if Jeff Sessions is going to be a fight for him to get confirmed, he, he will be eventually. But can you imagine maybe the 100 days of the attorney general being more at the forefront, maybe than, say, the president, uh, Donald Trump? Um, I, I, you know, look, I mean, a lot of these guys, I think, are, I mean, Look, I mean, let's, let's, Donald Trump is playing it correctly when it yeah. comes to a lot of the stuff, guys. I mean, let's let's face it, uh, pointing uh, Mitch McConnell's wife back into into positions. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously Mike Pence is doing a great job with that transition. Um, I mean, it's just about as smooth as it can be right now. And obviously, the left is going to cry because these individuals that Donald Trump is appointing in his cabinet and his future Supreme Court nominees are not going to be champions from the left. So, you know, that's this it's just time to let the left roar as far as I'm concerned. Put the left on there. Put Schumer out there. Put Nancy Pelosi out. Let them roar so more Americans will wake up to that howling sound that comes from both of them when it comes to the leftist ideology, their Marxism, inside the United States Congress, Tim. Well, that was just voted down on November the 8th uh, nationwide. You can see uh, that that did no good as Katy Perry's song, Roar. Uh, she went down with them as well, and you can see that. And you're absolutely correct, Andrew. Let that go out there because they are really going to champion that. Their voices are going to be heard because they do control the media. They are going to be out there a lot. They're really going to be attacking the president-elect, and when he becomes inaugurated, those 100 days, they're, they are going to go after him to see what he is going to do after his picks. A lot of folks are loving uh, on both sides, really, some of the picks they have out there. Uh, Mateus, uh, he's out there a little bit early. Uh, we're going to point him uh, next week. Uh, great pick for defense, the military. I 
I talked to some of the guys and gals that we work with, Andrew, who are former military. They are just beside themselves with excitement about the way things are going to be going. Look, cabinet nominees, really, I mean, I don't really pay attention to them a lot, guys, when it comes to it. I mean, whether it be President Barack Obama, George Bush, it doesn't matter. You know, regardless, the individuals that are picked are there for the purpose of carrying out the agenda of the president-elect. And so when it comes to this, I, that's how come I don't get too excited one way or the other. I'm just excited to be here in America. But as far as I'm concerned, like we said, man, as far as Nancy Pelosi and that leftist Marxist ideology, and we know that the press is all of a sudden going to become, you know, they're going to become legitimate now. They're going to become real reporters now that Republicans are in control. But as far as I'm concerned, let the leftist just roar. <laughs> Heard every Friday right after the news on 1240 KSU. Can you hear them out there? I can. They're roaring, but the winds are changing. They're sweeping our nation. The views and opinions expressed on the 503 report do not necessarily represent those of staff or management of KSUE or Sierra Broadcasting Company and are brought to you solely by Andrew Wellborn and the 503 Network. All right, folks, time for some of that more stuff that you should know you don't know. Maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. Today's date in history, the year is 1823. President James Monroe, he declares his infamous Monroe Doctrine. You guys remember what that is? Well, I'm not going to take the time to tell you. Google it. It's a very, very, very controversial part in America's history. 1840, William Henry Harrison is elected to what the President of the United States. What number? You guys know? That, no, he was the ninth president, folks. Henry Harrison. Yes, we, we, we forget all the presidents between number one, and, and now we're at 45. So, yep. anyways, 1845, U.S. President James Polk, he announces to Congress that the U.S. should aggressively expand west. What was that called? Manifest destiny, I will tell you that, yes. American expansionism, and, of course, you know, the leftists like to talk American conquest over... Anyways, we'll get into that <laughs> later. 1942, world's first self-sustaining nuclear chain reaction occurs at the University of Chicago. Wow. 1956, Fidel Castro. Oh, Fidel. He lands in Cuba to begin his revolution. And, then, of course, 1968, talking about appointments, talk about an interesting one. President Richard Nixon names Henry Kissinger as his national security advisor. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing in Sacramento and the world to you. And of course, we podcast on iTunes where America's voice is heard, Tim. We do, Andrew, and you can catch five years worth of shows there. And how ironic, almost 50 years later, he is called to talk to the new president-elect, Dr. Kissinger. Been a huge part of America this last half century. Yeah, that's a, that's a controversial opinion one way or the other when it comes to Dr. Kissinger. We all know that regardless, you know, uh, China today exists within the World Trade Organization, the world markets as a result of Dr. Kissinger going over there under the umbrella of national security. But, you know, we all know that looking back on it, you know, that trip was 100% designed for that purpose, just like NATO. When we talk about NATO, what is NATO doing today? Is NATO really protecting Europe? You know, what, what, what are we protecting Europe over there? Well, you know, we're, we're, 
since 1945, it's the first longest stretch that those nations have not tried to conquest each other historically. So, you know, these, these, these organizations that Donald Trump is starting to talk about, you know, we have to understand how and why they came about before we can go in and maybe reform them, change them, and make them a little bit better. Once again, we have to be calm. We can't just go in and radically change things that have been in place, you know, for, for a long time. Otherwise, you know, we can disrupt things that are very important to us. You know, there's always an unintended consequence of any type of action once that action occurs. And we just got to cautiously go forward in America today with this newfound, uh, this newfound, uh, well, we just found our old friend. It's called conservatism within the United States. It really is, Andrew. You know, you talked about Europe and really in the past 70 years, there really hasn't been anything going on. We've had little factions here and there. But of course, uh, the Middle East has always, uh, for thousands of years, they continue to go out with are going on. But it's ironic that uh, former presidential uh, candidate uh, Governor uh, Romney met with uh, President-elect Trump. And, you know, he was always saying that Russia was probably the, the greatest uh, threat that we had. And they've been Fairly silent, really, since the wall came down some nearly 30 years ago. The winds of change swept through communism and knocked down those walls. But we hear Mr. Putin rising up little bits here and there, Andrew. Well, it's kind of interesting now that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Mr. Putin wants to become part of friendship, I guess, within the friendship circle. of, And he should. I mean, absolutely. the, the bottom line is, is that we got to deal with the Soviet Union. And that Soviet Union does exist. And so the individuals that we put in power to deal with those guys, well, they, they've got to be individuals of competency. And, you know, I mean, we have to be tough guys, but at the same time, we can't be provokers. We got to be careful. You know, America needs to be ready to be tough with the Soviet Union. But, man, we don't need to provoke O.V. Latimia into an unnecessary fight. Okay, we're talking about California here a little bit. Once again, the leftist dominance uh, within the state of California. Oof. We see that supermajority has occurred. Uh, we, were, we were optimistic on election night, and we were kind of clinging on last week, but it looks like now for sure it is official. California Democrats have supermajorities in both houses of the California state legislature, Tim. Hey, they do, Andrew, and that's going to bode... Um it would be very difficult for us here in California. You know, they have uh, sweeping the folks voted in uh, to keep the taxes, Prop 30, to keep them going for another 12 years. They were temporary. They have, nothing is ever temporary. Now they even have more uh, votes that so they can keep those in place. They're worrying about now, of course, uh, Prop 57, I think it was, the tobacco tax and the $2 a pack. But where's the revenue going to go from that? Because people are smoking less. They count on that money. Now they've just voted. So... You know where it's going to come from? It's going to come from me and you because they have the supermajority there. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we're, we're talking about that. Now, all of a sudden, we've got these temporary, temporary, temporary taxes that are going to temporary exist for the next 15 years yeah. in California. <laughs> and all agencies, it doesn't matter, bargaining units. We see SEIU 1000 right now threatening to go on strike right now as a result of contract negotiations. Anytime there's extra money in the pot, because everybody knows when it comes to the, uh, the, the political structure of the game, people know that that money does never go where it is voted to go. And we see that with CalPERS right now. We've talked about this. Uh, so we're going to watch very closely. You know, we're going into January, February of uh, 2017. We're just a couple of months away from the May revision to get us through fiscal out here in California. And uh, the fight is going to be on as far as where that extra money is going to go. And, you know, the California state legislature and the government is not going to keep whatever they believe to be a surplus. A surplus 
us. I sure. mean, they're going to spend it, and that's what we do down there. But, you know, with CalPERS now coming after that money, he's wanting to increase the percentages of uh, revenue now that on behalf of the state employees and the entities that hire them for the purpose of the pension fund, that's exactly what's happening. And, you know, this leftist uh, majority, super majority down there, and, and, you know, unions, beware, beware, man, doing a little union talk here just for a second. Beware of Governor Jerry Brown and these Democrats because, you know, they've been fleecing you for a while. You don't even realize it in certain areas. But if you go back, you look at a contract from 1990 to your contracts today in 2017, you'll see it as far as how they've fleeced us since Gray Davis and those guys took over back in 1998. So anyways, with that being said, that rant is over when it comes to that. (laughs) But we see that uh, Xavier Barra now. Congressman yes. is going to be appointed into the California State Attorney General's to uh, to uh, replace Kamala Harris, and that's obviously a political move. That's a decent move for for Javier Barra, you know, when it comes to um, a possible path to stepping stone governorship, sure. you know, out of the United States Congress uh, to begin to get that statewide uh, name recognition. So that's all political play. I mean, obviously. Like, uh, don't I'm not mad at nobody for that. I mean, that's just the way that is. And uh, now the Democrats with that super majority, uh, you know, with uh, open primaries now coming up in 2018, Operation Turning California Blue at the constitutional office level is in full force. And so when it comes down to that, that is where we are, folks. And, uh, you know, California Blue, there we got to make that decision up here in Northern California, whether or not we want to be part of a Southern California Blue. And, um, you know, those decisions will be before us over the next two years. But in 2018, we're definitely going to be uh, we're going to be seeing the blues. Well, we are, Andrew. You're absolutely correct. And I was going to ask, you know, if, you know, America has spoken. California certainly spoke with voting in the supermajority in both uh, the Senate and the Assembly right here. Uh, you know, they talk about all three, the Senate, the, the Assembly, uh, and the Congress and the President. But California has got that as well. And that's something that they've had a lot more of than the United States. But you know, I, I, I have hope. I wish that with the winds of change would blow through Sacramento. But in 2018, I don't know, can California, can the Republicans mount what the, the United States did and maybe you know, at least drop that down to a non-supermajority in a couple of years? We well, have that to work on. Uh, well, you know, when six million Republicans only turn out to vote. Yeah. You know, I mean, that tells you. I mean, Come on, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's about voter turnout. And the Democrats have got that legalized suppression out here that we talk about. <sighs> Uh, they've got the Republicans legally suppressed into not turning out the vote out here in the state of California. But obviously, California could be a very red state if just 2 million, maybe 2 million registered Republicans would take the time to vote. And if those 2 million would come out, then yes, without a doubt, you know, and that's, that's what the Republicans should be targeting. Republicans need to be targeting the individuals who are not showing out to vote. Get them to vote, and then guess what? We could pull off an upset like in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania at the national level. But county by county, there's 58 of them out here, and uh, you know you got to be able to pick up. You you can pick up that two million votes somewhere. You just got to target it, identify it, and get them motivated to come out to vote. Well, all they have to do is listen to the 503 report. <laughs> you can podcast our show, and you can you can tell that we're very. Uh, up front and at the f- the forefront of that to get out there and get out the vote, uh, almost like MTV was, you know, rocking the vote back in the 80s. Well, the 503 report, come on, conservative Republicans, only a couple million, and we have that in spades here. We can do that. It would be 
be very simple, but we do have to get out there and make our votes count and make our voices heard. I believe it. I mean, that, that's how close we are to being a red state again. Yeah. I mean, we're not completely lost as long as we've got registered Republicans in the state of California. At the same registration number that exists, it's just we got to get them out. we got to motivate them. But, you know, the Republican Party up here, out here and on the West Coast, has always been splintered. It's always been North versus South. It's always been the Libertarians versus Conservatives when it comes to the, the internal powers of the Republican Party out here in California, just like it was for for a lot, well, it still is at the national level. The difference is, is that that populist movement, you know, broke through it when it came. They 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 set aside everything. They just wanted somebody to fix things. And if we can get the right candidate out here in California, that needs to come forward. But you know, Californians have got to feel the pain a little bit. I mean, Californians don't understand that they're in pain. Californians don't believe that they're in pain. You know, for the most part, you know, when you go down to to San Diego well, area, sunny man, is beautiful out. What could be wrong? Yeah, and all those. Oh, wait a minute, my pocket. Well, but they, <laughs> a lot of those individuals don't have their money in California. That's right. That are living on that beautiful coastline. <laughs> you know, so a lot of the uh, leftist, you know, wealthy individuals out here on the West Coast, you know, they're not worried about uh, the Democrats coming after their wealth. You know, for the most part. And right now, secretly, they're happy because they know the Republicans. Chris Bennett made that point several shows back about how. You know, the, the wealthy leftists, don't, they're not worried about their wealth being taxed, income, and, you know, they don't make their money off of income. So when it comes down to that, yes, uh, Californians are just going to have to start really feeling the pain when it comes to that. You know, for instance, now we see that the California universities have sent letters to President-elect Donald Trump urging him not to, uh, you know, go after their undocumented students. You're starting to see that uprise in, in a lot of uh, leftist communities and universities and stuff now. You know, I mean, I, I get it. I understand their point of view. But, you know, I mean, you should be documented at some point in, in, in this great nation. And that needs to be the, the push now. And the messaging needs to be around the importance of documenting individuals, you know, having a legal status uh, in, in America. You know, something else is bothering me. Two things are bothering me, man. Sure. You know, I mean, are we really? Should I ask this question, folks? I mean, are we really a nation of immigrants anymore? You know, the leftists like to champion. We're a nation. I don't, I don't know if we're a nation of immigrants anymore, guys. We're definitely a nation of generational Americans when it comes to this. But as far as the talk about something that's outdated, and that is not the Constitution, but this concept that we are a nation of immigrants. And, you know, this kind of like bothered me a little bit. Like all of a sudden in America, we need we need non-Americans in here for America to exist. And it's kind of kind of rubbing me a little raw a little bit when it comes to that. But, you know, once again, are we maybe maybe that's a topic we can talk about. That's a great one. And put it out there and get the conversation kind of stirred up on that. Another thing on this popular vote. You know, political science 101, I'm kind of surprised at some of these political scientists because, you know, when it comes down to a popular vote, you cannot have the popular vote, folks, if you don't have the majority of the vote. You know, so if you're not over 50% of the voting population within the states of the republic, you're not a popular vote. You may have a slight majority. You may have a majority, but you don't have the popular vote. So this nonsense about Hillary Clinton winning the popular vote has got to go. Bill Clinton didn't win the popular vote in 92. He won the majority. And, you know, when it comes down to the Democrats being angry, you know, Hillary Clinton should be angry at Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is 
to her what what Ross Perot was to George Bush Sr. back in 92. And if anybody's going to be mad at anybody, the Democrats need to be mad at themselves for pushing the socialist agenda probably sooner than maybe America was ready for. Isn't that amazing how they thought that was going to help them sweep into office, and yet it swept them away. It's amazing how that didn't turn out the way that they had thought, and they were so sure that that was going to play out that way. It's just amazing. America, you, you got to love us. You man. can't tell those Midwest. Western voters, those coal miners out of work now that you want to send everybody's kids for free when they can't even get a job. They yeah. can't even support their family, much less pay for their own kids' college. And, you know, look, man, I mean, I, I pay for mine. My yeah. wife paid for hers. Everybody paid for theirs. Nobody paid for our school. So at some point in time, if you want your kid to go to school, folks, you either pay for it for yourself or you get your kid to get a job to pay for it themselves. And so, anyways, man, lots to rant about here in the future when it comes to the socialist ideology within the Democrat Party. Yes, Marxism, communism, socialism, we're going to start coming after you. We're going to identify it every time we see it because that ideology cannot exist within our governance. The winds of change, Andrew. Winds of change, buddy. All right. Time for our favorite book. This one comes from 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares about you. God bless you, America. At very apropos, the 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Now, always calling upon Governor Jerry Brown to uh, abolish that nasty, nasty organization known as the Office Inspector General so that we can thank all the men and women go to work every day, working at toughest beating state, forming a duty so that you, our listener up and down the great state of California and across this nation, can be saved. Heard every Friday after the news on 1240 KSU. About a half hour after the show, go to SierraDailyNews.com. Catch a rebroadcast of this show or any of the other shows. Click on Highest Rated. Bang, you find the 503 Report. Rebroadcast Saturdays at 7 before the news and Swap Shop and Sunday at 7.30 before pre-programmed shows. And like I said, iTunes, Podcast Addict, you can find the 503 Report where America's voice is heard. And you can catch five years worth of shows there. I want to thank the texters uh, for texting us in today. The winds have changed. They are alive and they are blowing through this great nation of ours. Have yourselves a great weekend. We're going to be over in Quincy tonight and Susanville tomorrow. Have a great weekend, everybody. Remember, we are all born free.